teach me patience. And there was a store, I'll never forget it was actually a Walgreens store, and there was this toy, and as an only child, I pretty much got what I wanted when I wanted it. And there was this toy that I wanted for myself, and I wanted it right then and there. And so my mom politely says, and she calls me Eddie, Eddie, I'm not getting that for you today. And of course, I looked at her and says, Mom, I really want this. No, Eddie, you're not going to get this today. So guess what I do? I decide that I wanted to lay out in the middle of the floor and begin to scream and holler like that was going to make a significant difference in her decision. And Mom taught me patience and discipline that particular day. And so when I think about <laughs> discipline, I think about my mom, and, and, and guess what? I never did that again. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. But uh, that's what moms do. They nurture us. They discipline us. They teach us things that if we take te- heed to them, they really will have a powerful impact on our life. So mothers have a remarkable ability to change the world through their children. I come this afternoon to remind you that mothers do matter. Mothers do matter. And before I get into the word of God, uh, David, I have a short clip that I want to show to you uh, just to remind us that mothers do matter. I'd like to elevate the role of godly mothers by looking at the influence of a godly mother and grandmother had on a well-known young man by the name of Timothy. So if you have your Bibles, can we turn to a letter that Paul wrote to this person named Timothy. In your Bibles, it may be labeled 2 Timothy. But know this, that these were actual letters. These are actual real people with real circumstances and real life events. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. We're going to read about Paul. Paul is probably well known for his evangelistic work that he did with the early church. But here we find this letter. This is a real letter that he actually wrote to Timothy, talking about him and his encouragement towards him. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, reads as follows. And Paul says this to Timothy. He says this. He says, I thank God whom I serve, as I did my ancestors. He says, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, He says, as I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be lifted, that I may be filled with joy. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. So here we have Paul here. He's saying, hey, I'm reminded of the sincere faith that, you, that I saw in your grandmother, that I see in your mother. And he says that same thing I see in you. In essence, this is what Paul, this is what he said to Timothy. He says, Timothy, he says, look, I know your grandmother. And her faith is authentic. It's real. He says, it is the same faith I have observed and I see in your mother. And having watched you for a little while, he says this. He says, I am convinced of your faith also. To describe that faith, Paul uses a word which literally means this, without hypocrisy. Without hypocrisy. That's what this sincere faith means, without hypocrisy. 
Lois and Eunice showed Timothy by word and example what it means to live in an authentic faith. A faith from which hypocrisy is totally absent. It is a real thing. It is genuine and it is sincere. Someone say sincere. What a high, what high accolade we could, or tribute we can give to our mother by saying, hey, Ma, you gave me authentic faith. Ain't that something? Authentic faith. Let's continue to read an, an, another instance where Paul, he continues to write to Tim, Timothy concerning the faith that he has. Turn with me in that same book, 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is the same letter that he wrote to Timothy. Remember, this is a real letter. This really happened. This is a real life circumstance. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. And this is what Paul says to Timothy also. He says, but as for you, he says, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Isn't that something? In 2 Timothy, we learn this. We learn that his faith came to him through his grandmother, Lois, and his mother, her name was Eunice. And the Apostle Paul's preaching may have been used by God to bring Timothy to actual conversion, but behind his preaching were years of godly influences by Timothy's grandmother and mother. In 2 Timothy, we also learn that the sincere faith of these women was combined with instructing Timothy from his earliest days from the scriptures. Their examples and the results in Timothy's life shows us this. Number one, that through faith in God and by honoring his word, godly mothers have great influences as they train their children. Godly mothers have great influences as they train their children. Godly mothers are women of sincere faith. As Paul finally thought of Timothy and his sincere faith, he was reminded that such a faith also dwelt in Timothy's grandmother, Lois, and his mother. We don't know when these women had came to faith in Christ, even though when looking up their names, they were Greek names. At least Eunice was a Jewish believer. Perhaps Lois had been converted in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. We're not quite sure. We can speculate that. And had come to tell her daughter. Or perhaps both of those women were devout Jews. Who responded to Paul's preaching when he visited their town Lystra, their city. But the implication is that their faith predated that of Timothy's. And so therefore this faith came through the grandmother. To the mother. And then to this mighty powerful man of God named Timotheus or Timothy. Now listen to this. Timothy's father was... A Greek unbeliever. Turn with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 16. Let's learn a little bit about Timothy's background. Acts chapter 16. And we're going to begin in verse 1. And we're going to get a little peep into Timothy's background. It says this. Paul came to Derby and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. Someone say, a believer. But his father was a Greek. Notice the contrast there. He says, but his father was a Greek. 
He was well spoken of by the brothers of Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places. So here we are. We have Timothy. We have his grandmother and his mother of Jewish descent. And they taught him in the sacred writings. But here he is that Paul thought it was noteworthy, or the author here thought it was noteworthy, to realize that his father was a Greek, an unbeliever. So we don't know when these women had came to faith, but perhaps Lois had been converted in Jerusalem, we're not quite sure. But we know that his father was an unbeliever. We have no clue as to why a godly woman of faith like Eunice would marry a Greek person or someone that did not have the same faith. The Old Testament is very clear that Jews should not marry outside the faith. Perhaps Eunice, though raised by Lois in a faithful Jewish home, maybe she went through a time of rebellion, we don't know, during which she got married. But later she came to faith in Jesus as Savior and Messiah. We can only speculate. But this is what we do know, that the Bible clearly forbids a believer from marrying an unbeliever. But Eunice's story is, is in the Bible to give hope to women, maybe of similar circumstances. Maybe we have someone that is a believer, but is not a believer. If for her son, Timothy could grow up to follow the Lord as he did, then God can do the same thing for your children. Maybe your husband is not a believer. While God intends the father to take the lead in the spiritual training of the children, the mother, someone say the mother, the mother can have a great influence even in situations where the father is past passive or maybe even hostile towards God. One prime quality what such a woman needs is a sincere faith. This word sincere, as we said, means not hypocritical. It is possible to have a hypocritical but not genuine form of faith. Phony faith is the mask that is put on in, in, in on the front church members out in public, but it is set aside at home. The parents might be fighting. They may be fighting at home or wherever they may be, but as soon as they get to the parking lot, everyone puts on their best behavior. But children, they notice that, and they see that. And it's hard, and hard for children to embrace a sincere faith when they see hypocrisy. So having a sincere faith doesn't imply perfection. It doesn't imply perfection, but it does imply reality with God. Such faith in these women, it was at home in them, a comfortable, everyday sort of thing. Sincere faith means that you have sincerely believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It means that you walk in reality with Christ each and every day, spending your time in the word of God, not only for yourself, but for your husband and for your children. It seems that you develop godly, it seems that you develop godly character character qualities and attitudes of submission, thankfulness, and joy in the Lord. Your children, they'll realize that. They can spot a phony, believe it or not, as the rear to manager. They can tell when you're being authentic and when you're not being authentic. Many times my children will look at me and they can see the concern on my face and not to worry them. They'll say, Dad, what's wrong? Oh, nothing. Yes, it is, Dad. They understand. They know sincerity when they see it. They know hypocrisy when they see it also. So a sincere faith is so essential when bringing up our children in the Lord.
So how do we hand off our faith to our children? Just as Lois handed it off to Eunice, and Eunice handed it off to her son, Timotheus, or Timothy. Godly mothers honor God's word and train their children in it. When we had looked at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, it says this, whom, and that whom is plural, that whom is plural. So it wasn't just Eunice, it wasn't just his mother or his grandmother, it was both of them. So this whom is pointing to both Lois and Eunice, as well as the Apostle Paul. The phrase is this, knowing from whom you have learned them. He was referring back to his mother and his grandmother, where he actually learned the sacred scriptures. He could look at their lives and see that the, uh, that the, that the sacred writings was a reliable set of scriptures. By the way, while the parents should be the primary agents for teaching their children of God's word, pray for godly mentors for your children, such as Paul was to Timothy. Don't be so jealous or, or self-conscious to think that you're the only one who can influence your children. So pray for godly Sunday school teachers. Pray for the youth workers. Pray for the elders and the pastors and other men that your children may come in contact with. Just as Paul took an interest in Timothy. So the main way your children will grow up to love and serve God is through his word. God's word of truth is powerful to save. It is powerful to sanctify his people. So the best thing you can do for your children is to instill in them from an early age the importance of reading, studying, memorizing, and most importantly, obeying God's word. A mother must grow in her, in her own love for God's word. She must grow in her own love for God's word. And that's how we pass this on to our children. You cannot impart what you don't possess. I'll say that again. We cannot impart things that we do not possess. If your kids seldom see us seeking God and his word, they won't catch it for themselves. If they don't see you changing through your growing and through your understanding, they won't have a desire for the word. Maybe the TV is on every night. I know a lot of us are guilty of this. But let's think, what if the Bible is seldom read in the home? Or maybe the Bible is seldom read as a family. Or maybe the family seldom prays together. Guess what the children would start to think was more important. Our children should be able to see the evidence of your love in God's word. A, God, a godly mother will also use God's word to lead her children to saving faith. As you read the Bible to your children, they will learn about people who turned from their sins to God and were saved. They'll hear about others who made wrong choices also, who loved their sin more than God, whose lives were ruined. They will hear stories of children whose parents were godly, but the children did not follow God. Mm. And others whose parents were ungodly, but the children chose to follow the Lord. They will learn that each person is accountable before God. So as you read the Bible to them, pray that God will use it to convict them of their sin and to show them their desperate need for salvation and cause them to trust in Christ as Savior and Lord. If we just use simple illustrations, even young children can understand the basic and genuinely be converted to Christ. Lastly, a godly mother would train her children in how to live by God's word. God's word is mighty to say, but also is sufficient for all of life and godliness. It is profitable for teaching, 
us the ways of God and how God wants us to live. It reveals the very thoughts and intentions of our hearts. It reproves us, which means it convinces us of our wrongs. It corrects us by showing us how to get right with God and others. It trains us in righteousness, showing us how to keep on the path of obedience and blessings. Scripture is not given to satisfy our curiosity. I'm going to say that again. Scripture is not given just to satisfy our curiosity or to give us interesting stories to read about. It is given to be profitable on how to live, to correct us and to keep us on God's path of holiness. Your children should see you applying scripture and you should teach them how to apply it to the things they face as they grow to maturity. Just as Lois and Eunice did with their son, Timothy. So godly mothers honor God's word and they train their children in it. Godly mothers train their children in how to live by God's word. Godly mothers will use God's word to lead her children into saving faith in Christ. In Timothy's case, the transition of this biblical culture it had to be somewhat difficult because Timothy's father was apparently, he wasn't a believer. Thus, the young man did not enjoy in his home the benefits of what behavioral sciences today would call a male role model. Timothy learned his faith and sacred grammar from the women in the household, and the experience seemed to have not hurt him at all. President Theodore Roosevelt said this, When all is said, it is the mother, and the mother only, who is a better citizen than the soldier who fights for his country. The successful mother, the mother who does her part in rearing and training aright the boys and girls, who are to be the men and women of the next generation, is of greater use to the community and occupies, if she only would realize it. A more honorable as well as more important position than any man in it. The mother is the one supreme asset to the national life. She is important by far than the successful statesman or businessman or artist or scientist. We say all that not to disparage the crucial role godly fathers must play because we know that godly fathers, yes, must play a very important role in the rearing of the children. But it is to encourage you, the mothers, in the crucial role that godly mothers play in the life of children. If you are a son or a daughter and your mother still lives, I encourage you to go beyond just sending her a Mother's Day card or a flower. How about this? How about writing her a letter? Maybe handwritten. Maybe a long one. Telling your mother about your faith and the part that she played in bringing you to that faith. Tell her how you thank God for her having given you the gift of faith. If your mother has already joined the saints who have gone before us, go to God in prayer and thank him for all the good that was done in your mother. I came to you brothers and sisters today to let you know that yes, mothers really do matter. And we're thankful for the roles that the mothers have played in our lives those that are still here with us and those that have gone on before us. But more important than the mothers bringing up the children in the ways of the Lord, what's important is that, that us as children, that we know 
that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gave us the ultimate sacrifice. Yes, mothers give a lot, but it is Jesus Christ who gave his all. He gave of himself. He gave himself as a ransom. We were lost as people. We were depraved. But Jesus Christ saw fit to come down while yet we were in our sin and redeem us and to reconcile us back to God. And there may be some of you have, yes, your mothers have taken you to church. And your mothers, you've heard your mothers and your fathers, whoever it may be, that talk to you about the things of Christ. But now is the time to take all these things that our mothers have taught us or our, and our fathers or other influential persons. And we know when we've read maybe some scripture. But the Holy Spirit is telling you that you do not have a relationship with Christ. Yes, we may have a relationship with our mother, but more important than the relationship with that mother is the relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There just may be someone here today on this great day, Mother's Day. Wouldn't that be a great testimony to say that my child came to Christ on, the, on Mother's Day? There may be someone right now that says, hey, I know what my mother was teaching me, bringing me to church in the Sunday school. I've heard about the things that she read to me in the Bible. But now it's time for me to go to the Lord for myself. My mother has done what she can. There may be someone here right now that says, hey, I need you, Lord. I need you because I am a sinner. I need you because I am lost. I need you because you are the hope and you are my salvation. Is there anyone here that would like to take that bold step and say, hey, I want to be like Timothy. I want to be a man or woman of God and to do what you have called me to do. And so therefore, I repent of my sins. Is there one? What a beautiful day to give your life to the Lord. Is there one that says, hey, I want to have Christ. Is there one? Is there one? Well, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for giving us our mothers, Father. We thank you, Lord, Father, whether we think our mother was good or bad, but we thank you for our mothers. For you told us in your word that we should honor our father and our mother. And it was the first commandment with a promise so that our days may be long. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time that you allowed us to come together, Father. Father, we pray, Father, that we do what we're called to do, very similar to what Timothy has done, to do the work that he was called to do. And, Father, we just pray for those, for all of us, Father, for all of us that are, that are yours, Father, we belong to you. And we just pray, Lord, that we have the boldness, Father, to go out and to do what you have called us to do so that we may bear much fruit for your kingdom building. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a mighty round of applause for our mothers. This message is not to disparage fathers. Because we do understand that fathers, yes, we do play a very important role. But we thank God for you mothers because we need you. Amen. 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 Even if your children are grown, we still need you. <laughs> 
Amen. To let us know when we get out of line and say, hey, you know what scripture says. You know why. I didn't raise you that way. So you guys keep on doing that for us. Amen. 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 At this time, what I would like for all, for all of the children, all of the children, can you stand to your feet? All of the children, young and old, all of the children. Donovan, Bennett, go to the back. Amen. All the children. Uh, how about this? How about my teenagers, my young adults? Could you go to the back? Go to the back, all of the children. Mm-hmm. Donovan, Benjamin, go ahead. And how about this? If your mother is present also, you can go to the back also. If your mother is present. If your mother is present. Now, what I'd like to do is all of the mothers, can you please stand if you can. And I'd like for all of the children to present the mothers with a little token or gift from the Church of Chicago. Amen? Amen. Let's come forward. Let's give all of the mothers, the wonderful mothers. You can present it to your mothers and present it to the mothers that are not represented here also. All of the children, please come up. 